0: Hello, and welcome to episode 16 of Rain City Bunker. I am Greg Moon. I'm here with my friend and colleague, Andy Brown. Hello. And here we are again. It is July 10th, and uh, we haven't done a podcast in a few weeks or actually a couple months, but here we are. And we're very happy anytime we get together and go through all the fun stories we find. <laughs> and we're finally uh, in
1: Seattle. We're in summer. Um, Greg can vouch for this, uh, for the people who don't live here in Seattle. Uh, I know the rest of the country has been baking, but Seattle, we really haven't gotten any serious summer weather until now. Yeah. Just last couple days. So
0: I think it's gotten up near 80, which is pretty good for us. Yeah. Yeah, Very comfortable. I like it. But yeah, luckily we don't have the hundred plus that they have in (laughs) Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana, Uh, back East, which would be miserable. Yeah. So we're happy about that. So we had a couple updates, right Andy? Yep. And, um, one was you were going to do a dream program for us, right? Well, I had downloaded a uh, app for my iPhone that we talked about that
1: allows uh, it allows you to kind of program your dreams. It'll it'll turn on at a certain point and give you cues to dream about certain things. Um, I have not. Done, this is our catch up is going to be mostly us coming up with excuses. Uh, I haven't done it, but the one thing I didn't the reason is, is the one thing I didn't think of is I don't really have any comfortable headphones. It would be, you, you kind of need headphones to do it. And I don't really have anything that would be comfortable to wear while I'm sleeping. I'm trying to figure out a way to do that. Did you try the Buds? Little soft uh, I buds. hate, I don't know about you, I, but I am not a big fan of earbuds. Yeah. Um, and I think the cords would bug me. Now, I think I saw somewhere, I looked for this, There, there. somebody sells like, like a headphones that are in kind of a pillowed sort mm, of yeah. or cushion sort right. of thing, they're meant for lying in bed, okay. Um, so I might, and I don't think they were that expensive, so I might get those. Um, I'll have to find it again. Uh, and then uh, the other thing we were going to do is we were going to do some surveillance on the uh, the area where the the bags of mystery show up, yeah. And uh, you know, we have the equipment now, we, we kind of went low end, there's like really expensive video equipment surveillance equipment but these are just discounted ones cheapo ones that we got and we ran into kind of um problems like cords not being long enough and everything. So we're still working on it, um, but we, it, it, you can, once again, Greg can vouch for this. We put in a lot of work
0: trying to get that thing to work. That Yes, uh, we have a very cleverly disguised <laughs> container for the uh, apparatus, the camera. Yeah. And a kind of an interesting thing, I'm not sure if we've mentioned this before, but just a couple months ago, the location where the bags show up, there's a lot of activity there. They are building apartments. Yeah. <clears throat> So despite that, uh, I found a bag since then. And actually, after our, right after our last podcast, I found two bags and I did little YouTube videos. And my guess is that anyone who listens to Rain City Bunker has seen those videos. But if you haven't, um, I'll post a link again or it's on, it's on the Rain City Bunker website. And uh, So it's just kind of interesting, the weird mix, eclectic mix of stuff that shows up and has been showing up. I realized, I thought about this yeah. the other day. Since about yeah. oh eight or oh seven, so we're talking five years of weird bags showing is, up.
1: That's so weird. Um, yeah, I know. I know. Uh, Jackie, my girlfriend, Jackie, thinks that uh, someone is playing a long term prank on Greg. But I—that's I, a lot of commitment to doing. You know, I don't. I don't think so. I, think, I don't think so either. Yeah. Um, or she, that's one of her theories. I don't know if she believes that. But,
0: um, <laughs> I've heard a lot of theories, and and serial killers is one of the theories. <laughs> oh, that. My friend, who shall remain nameless, mentioned that uh, maybe Ew, someone's calling him. Distur- and get, it is yeah, very just disturbing. A disturbing thought. Uh, that is very disturbing. Now we, hmm, I, right. I choose not to think about that
1: yeah, possibility. Yes. Well, now yeah, we have now we have a record. Well, you know, <laughs>
0: well, uh, you know I'm ha- I mean, I've given almost I think seventy percent of that stuff was women's clothing that I've right. given away, but I do yeah. have some artifacts left. Yeah. So if anyone wanted to investigate it with fingerprints and that sort of thing my fingerprints probably all over yeah um, you know i just it it just that just seems like such a strange um
1: you know that they they would choose the same spot to drop stuff off and you know i you know there was like a lot of people who are who are interested in human behavior and uh mysteries and that sort of thing you know, I read up on serial killers until I got disturbed by it and didn't want to read anymore. <laughs> but one thing they do is they don't really they, they tend they tend to keep a souvenir. They don't they one don't one souvenir. Like one souvenir or something from their their whether it's a piece of jewelry or something like that. So the idea of kind of taking something and then getting rid of it doesn't sound like the sort it's of It's not the behaviour. And why yeah. would they
0: go and grab all their stuff. Yeah. I, I don't think so. That's kind of yeah. odd. No, I think, I, I, I hope that's a really far out. Oh, I think it is. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I think maybe it's just some strange people. Maybe someone yeah. has a weird obsession. Yeah. And and the mix is so strange. You know, yeah. if you see the YouTube video, it's a, a mix of usually women's clothes, some men's clothes, uh, antiques, plates, little amounts of money, little amounts of like uh, vitamin C, <laughs> There was a whole packet of vitamin C unopened. I mean, it's just a weird mix. Yeah. So, anyway, it's a continuing mystery, and hopefully we'll get to setting something up. Because I, I thought with the construction that it would end, but it's still going on, so... I think it's a parallel dimension. <laughs> that would be hard to prove. <laughs> Unless the discovery of the Higgs-Boson particle helps us explain parallel universes. <laughs> we we felt that we... Because, you know, on... on several rain
1: city bunkers we talked about the large hadron collider and things like that and greg and i have an admission this is something that's been big in the news the whole god particle and how do you pronounce it again greg higgs boson we believe believe. (laughs) um and that's made big
0: news and we're here to admit that we really don't know anything about it no and i even have an engineering degree but i haven't dug into what it is or what it means i think it has something to do with the fundamental property of mass oh okay <laughs> and there was an article I forget was it on uh, Huffington Post and they were saying the discovery of this particle helps make it possible to explain a universe where there's no supernatural beginning uh, so it, there's some theological things and I read the article wow. I, to me as a person of faith I didn't find it too convincing right there's always it's like you know when you have when you're a little kid. Yeah, Mom, why is the sky blue? Or and, and you just keep right, why why why. The, right, the never I think yeah. that similar thing is probably gonna. I would venture to guess always be possible with physics in the very beginning. You know, we may be able to explain the Big Bang someday with a, right. Lots of detail, scientific. Gotcha. But still, there's gonna be a step beyond it that I right. think is gonna be hard right. or impossible to explain. Yep. But. They think they're on the road to explaining some yeah. of this stuff with this. But, yeah, unfortunately, we have to admit we don't know much about it. <laughs> and then something we know, the next thing uh, that Greg is going
1: to talk about, we know a little bit more about. But we're going to get more information as we go along in the show. So this one is uh, uh, Greg the uh, in the Utah story. Yeah,
0: I had mentioned, I think, last uh, episode, episode 15, about the giant NSA Building there, building out in uh, Utah, the, I believe the U- desert of Utah, I think oh, near Salt uh, City. NSA, just in case people don't know, that's not one of the more mm-hmm. common ones. That's the National
1: Security Agency. That's right. And they are mostly involved in, um, they're an intelligence agency, and they're mostly involved in uh, code breaking and uh, communications interception uh, as it relates to intelligence gathering. Yes, and they're
0: one of the more secretive agencies. You, yes. don't, you don't hear much about it. And I think the people who work there, you know, engineers, uh, software engineers, computer Mathematicians. Guys, mathematicians, code guys. Uh, they don't talk much about it, I don't think. And, you know, in this day and age, especially since 9-11, the issues of what is private has become a big issue. Now, do you know what this facility does or what it's supposed to do? I don't remember exactly, uh, but it's a big facility. I think it's going to have hundreds, if not thousands of computers. And what we all should be, I think, cognizant of at least is the, the, the idea of all this data gathering capabilities. And oh, I should have, this was some time back, but I remember reading some article about the, what the government is doing and they are really kind of pushing the limits of what's allowable. To uh, look through our emails, voicemails, oh, text yeah. messages, and with you know probably countless terabytes, which is a huge amount of data, right. they could store. They could be probably streaming every text message, every voicemail, every yeah. uh, email in the country and store it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's probably that powerful and I'm not saying they are right, but when they build something this big and this powerful and they probably already have it, yeah. but they're doing a brand new sparkling modern facility. Oh, there, those kind of issues become more, uh, up in our minds. It's more, apparent. Well, it, it's one of it, it. there's that, there's that
1: thing when you, um, when you build something or you build a tool, there's always a the temptation to use it. It's a, as like that old uh, adage: "To the man with a hammer, everything looks like a nail." <laughs> um, so yeah. So the
0: the more that's that's available, the more there you know the temptation. To yeah, use and I think they, you know, this isn't this is more of a civil liberties issue, which I think okay. transcends you know left or right. But you know, I don't want. I, I'm not saying anything really weird or <laughs> bad or anything, but still, the idea that someone could be Reading your text right. or your email is, is kind of disturbing, you know. Yeah. Even though ninety nine point what eight yeah. percent of us are, are pretty good or yeah. or hopefully well, higher. I, and percent. I
1: think the concern is too is like there it's a lot of this stuff is always done with the like well we it will do you know we we'll do the right thing with it, and it's like yeah maybe the person making that promise will do the right thing with it, but that doesn't guarantee that the you know somebody down the road won't. And the one thing you know not to get to off too much on a tangent, but. Um, and it's another thing I'm going to talk about without having too many details, but the, uh, the Patriot Act, um, you know, we were kind of guaranteed, uh, you know, well, don't worry. I mean, this is just something we're just going to use to combat terrorism. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, um, the, uh, the, uh, uh what was it? The, the prosecutor, um, uh, who was caught in the prostitution scandal. He was on T he had his oh, own Elliot. show, Elliot Spitzer, Spitzer. I believe some of the uh, tools they used to investigate Elliot Spitzer uh, were made possible by the Patriot Act.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, feel free to research that. Uh, but, you know, right there, that's a that's very, like, uh, that's not what most people
0: yeah. thought that it that was tool. A, it was, was going a to be design for. for domestic investigations. Right. Yes. And whatever he did, even if it was illegal, right. it does not rise to terrorism. Yeah. I mean, in terrorism has been and is seems like a lesser amount but has been a threat but yeah I mean you expect the government to honor subpoena I mean there's a reason and I think the constitution talks about you cannot get someone's papers or personal belongings without a subpoena and this is blurring the line right you know is it an email your paper yeah you know I think Right, right I think some early civil uh Libertarians would say, "Yeah, that is a yeah. paper. That's your personal effect." Right. But since it's flying through the air and over air lines, and it can right. be intercepted yeah. by by the government, so, and you're
1: using you're using usually you're using an internet service provider to to yeah, and know, they they can be,
0: they could be storing everything yeah. as far as you know too, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and of course, you know, I think we've talked about some of the issues with like Facebook. You know, um, yeah. one of the things that I didn't wasn't too happy about was. Uh, uh, Zuckerberg's sister had said uh, at one point, anonymity on the web is dead. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I love Facebook, but, uh, you know, I like the idea I could post something yeah. anonymously. Yeah. It Just, you know, yeah. because, you know, we have positions at work and everything else. Right. And you may not want to say something, you know, probably not too inflammatory. But anyway, even if it is inflammatory, yeah. uh, that's kind of a age-old American tradition to post anonymously. The Federalist Papers were published mm-hmm. anonymously, and uh, so that, that uh, dovetails
1: really nicely with our next story. Um, you know, people like to think that the uh, a bastion mm-hmm. of uh, of privacy is your own skull. You know, <laughs> <laughs> um, and this this is uh, fascinating. I saw this just recently.
0: Um, and Andy chose the smallest print he could find to print yeah, this out. Yeah, you know,
1: I, I printed this out off the internet, and it's tiny, so bear with me if I, if I sound like you I'm struggling. you have your reading glasses, Andy? I know, I have to get those. I know, we're getting so old. I'm going to have those little half glasses. Um, well, you know, I, I had LASIK surgery. One of the things that's kind of interesting about it is uh, in the past, I could have taken off my prescription glasses and held this up you know, it was close to my eyes and read it, no problem. Uh, now, when I bring it close to my eyes, like I'm doing now and you can't see, but... Uh, it becomes blurry. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, it's oh, so
0: you're really getting it. I'm not yeah. getting it. I guess I am a little bit now. Yeah. yeah. Um, sucks getting older. Yeah. So um,
1: this is an. an uh, let's see. This is, you know, I don't. Pop, popular Science. Um, and the uh, the article's titled Brain Scanning Binoculars Harness Soldiers' Unconscious Minds to Locate Threats. Uh, and it reads, uh, and it's by. <laughs> See, this is where I have to read. You read that for me, Greg. The art, the author's name, Clay. Yeah, Clay Dillo. Clay Dillo, and the light is—it's a little
0: dim light here too, so I was having a little yeah, trouble. Yeah, in the brand new recording studio. Oh I've, yeah, I manufactured out of soundboard carpet and a hanging. What is? I'm not even sure what that is. Greg, Greg has modified
1: the bunker to, <laughs> to, to be more of a recording studio. So the the article reads, uh, Soldiers scanning the battlefield for threats may soon get a new tool, a brain scanning set of binoculars that can pick up on a soldier's unconscious recognition of a potential threat and bring it to his conscious attention. It is just one of uh, many ways DARPA and other military research groups are looking to have soldiers mind meld with their machines and material. Uh, And as the BBC reports, it demonstrates how remarkably close we are to deploying mind control on the battlefield. The specific binocular device that DARPA is developing is known as, get this, this is going to be the best Mm -hmm. uh, acronym, is known as Sentinel for System for Notification of Threats Inspired by Neurally Enabled Learning. (laughs) (laughs) Because then the article, the person in the article says, because that's not an unwieldy acronym or anything. (laughs) And it basically uses the power of the human brain to to scan and filter imagery in real time, picking up on both what the soldier recognizes consciously and what his unconscious might perceive as well. Through uh, electroencephalogram, or EEG as it's commonly known, the device can pick up on a brain signal known as p300 that signifies an unconscious recognition of something visual Uh, it could take the brain some time to become conscious of things it sees and when seconds are critical say in the case of a convoy barreling towards a a buried ied the sentinel recognizes the p300 signal imparted by the unconscious perception of the threat and alerts the soldier that he has just seen something significant trimming the time between uh, his seeing something and actually perceiving the threat. And then not to read the entire article, but it goes on. They have it uh, developed in the lab, and it weighs about, it's not, they can't bring it out into the battlefield yet because it weighs about 15 pounds. And uh, they want to bring it down to about 5 pounds, and they want to um, improve the sensors so it can be uh, put on and taken off along with the helmet that a soldier so would So they, they could build it into the helmet, maybe? Right, right. So, so you get that kind of maybe let, let's talk about that in real, like our own language. So basically what it's doing is apparently the unconscious brain, when it recognizes a pattern unconsciously, so it's not on the surface of your, your mind, so to speak, yet it, it produces a signal like, ooh, that's a pattern I recognize. So this this apparatus is reading your brain waves a or specific, infrared. A, no, no, it's an EEG. A, an EEG of a specific signal known as P300, which is apparently the unconscious mind going, saying to you or saying, uh, signaling. I recognize something. That's a pattern I recognize, but it hasn't reached the conscious uh-huh. mind yet, and that may take some time to get there. What this device would do like a couple seconds or like yeah, a few seconds. So what this this device would do, I guess, they've tested it out, is it gives you a signal, a prompt, maybe like, in a tone or, or, something, or, like or that, something like that. Something's going that on that your your unconscious just notice something, and that would bring it to your, your conscious mind, and you'd start scanning maybe for danger at that point. Um now. What do you think, Greg? You, now, what I always think of is, like, you know, a lot of times military technology, you know, eventually drifts into the civilian market. Mm-hmm, oftentimes. what I'm wondering, what, what, like, non-military application could you see for this thing? Oh, geez. Could it be, like, scan? I don't know, maybe scanning for, um, like, engineers scanning for defects in a bridge or something like that, maybe?
0: Yeah. Gosh, probably countless... Possible applications that I can't think of really yeah. <laughs> how it would work and w- w- yeah I mean there's probably tons well, of applications. Well, I, th- and I think
1: the the other thing that's interesting is this is one of many things you know I've read recently that DARPA if you, and if you don't know what DARPA is, it's the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. Now
0: was that the agency that? Developed the internet or is it the predecessor? Is. Arp- um, is ARPA the predecessor? ARPA is the predecessor. You're right. So it, they just cha- they evolved and changed the name um, or something. ARPA
1: and I think ARPA was more it had a lot of civilian uh applic you know, they were working on civilian stuff as well as military stuff. But I, I think that just DARPA exists now. And that focuses on solely military stuff. Right. And in fact the internet, um the internet was originally known as DARPANET. And it, it included uh uh Military, but also uh, universities um, had access to the
0: early internet. And part of the reason was to survive any sort of nuclear exactly. attack, right? Yeah. The, so if, if they took out, say, San Diego... It they, would reroute. It would reroute and yeah. everyone's still connected. And then you would know... I'm That's sure where
1: packets did. came into play, yeah. signal packets and everything. But what I was going to say is uh, one of the things I've noticed is ARPA is very... Um, ARPA, inter- inter- Ar- I'm Excuse me. DARPA is very interested in in developing these uh, mind-machine uh, communication uh, technologies.
0: Yeah, well, you know, a few years ago, didn't you visit the UW and they had virtual reality? I did, uh, a while, uh, quite a few ago. years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: think it was still the 90s. Um, they had a, uh, a, a, I'm surprised it's not on the market yet. Um Although I think maybe the Google glasses might employ this technology, mm-hmm. it was basically a low level laser beam that would paint the image directly onto your retina um, and uh, you know that definitely had for heads up displays and for example yeah. in fighter planes and in helicopters and so forth that uh, you know
0: has a lot of advantages so, yeah. you know, so to, I mean you asked about applications I'm not sure I mean this application makes sense right because right. Seconds are crucial. Uh, where else are seconds crucial? Yeah. That you would be wearing something like that? Uh, boxing. Yeah. You know, did yeah, your subconscious so no. pick up? Hey, he's going to come at you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, yeah, and, no. and they can't be that specific, yeah. right? It's just a warning. Right. But when you're in a boxing match, they're going to, you know, they're going to hit you. Right. right so right. that's not a very good application. Yeah. But I was thinking about, you know, when I sit down and write code, I write code for a living. You know, I think of different ways to do it, but I'm not sure if there's any. Yes, no, or a warning right. thing to say. Oh, you're on the right track. Maybe right, it right, beeps right. at you like. But how does it know you're on the right track? I yeah. Mean, so I, you know,
1: I, I'd really be very interested to see. I mean, they probably tested this in some, you know, uh, fac- facsimile of, of a real situation. Yeah. And I'd be really curious to see how it, how it how it plays well, I'm out. I'm
0: curious how they develop that. Yeah. How how long did they have to study human beings? To know well, it's the P what the P. It's the P three hundred. But so you know, is that what is that a hormone or a signal? It's, it's or? a signal. It's a it's a
1: EEG signal. So that's a brain pattern. That's right. an electrical signal. So really,
0: actually, it's not
1: it's not too scary of a story. What it what it sounds like to me is that that through years of research, they've they've studied the brain performing different behaviors with an EEG. Mm-hmm. You know, which has been around for a long time. Sure. But what these what these people have done is they've learned to say, okay, we know this signal happens during this certain time. And let's make a device that, you know, makes some sort of yeah. warning. when." But that you're sounds. right.
0: It's probably years of research. They probably yeah. hook people up it, and then they move a puppet or it, something, absolutely. shadow thing. Yeah. And then yeah. you kind of register it, but not right. really. That's unconscious, right? I yeah. mean, that's part of your brain picked it up, but just not it hasn't broken through to your conscious right. part of your brain right right so, so is that like a subprocessor so we're yeah, you know the conscious out. brain is what's active but right. there's things going on in the back right <laughs> picking up on things that you're not even aware of yeah but it's all for your survival yeah. right yeah that, well that's that's how we've evolved it, definitely
1: and mm-hmm. then you know this is trying to 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 take it to the next level so um so yeah do, do you want to do the uh, the signature creature feature (laughs) i don't think
0: we've done one in a while right i I think we 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 skipped a couple episodes minus a creature feature and that's very sad and disheartening for us so (laughs) andy i had seen this but andy reminded me and probably a lot of you have heard this actually kind of broke through to the mainstream news kind of interesting um anyway in the philippines this, this story's out of the Philippines. Uh, this was July 1st. I'm not sure exactly when they caught it. But anyway, I'll read this. It's just a few paragraphs. Manila, Philippines, a huge crocodile known as Lolong, has bought has brought pride, fear, tourism revenue, and attention to the remote southern Philippine town where it was captured. And now it has claimed a world record, too. Guinness World Records declared the giant blamed for deadly attacks before it was captured last September is the largest saltwater crocodile in captivity in the world. And I will post this link. They have a, a, a video. Sure it's amazing. They have a video of the, video pictures, of the, the captures. Oh, now, I guess it's, it says capture last fall. Yeah. So oh, okay. it was a while back. I guess it took a while to hit the news. The news sparked celebrations in Bunawan, a farming town of 37,000 in Agusan del Sur province. But Mayor Edwin Cox Eldore said it also fostered concerns that more giant crocodiles might lurk in the marshland and creeks where villagers fish. There are mixed feelings, Eldore said by the telephone. We're really proud because it proves the rich biodiser- biodiversity of our place, but at the same time, there are fears that Lolong may not be alone. I'm adding the emphasis myself, by <laughs> the way. Uh, Lolong has become the star attraction of a new ecotourism park and research center in the outskirts of Bonawan, Philippines, and has drawn thousands of tourists since news of the capture has spread. Ildori said this town has earned 3 million pesos, $72,000, from the modest entry fees at the park, and most of the money has been used to feed and care for the crocodile and maintain the park. Lolong measures 6.17 meters and weighs more than a ton. 6.17 meters is about 19 feet. Jeez. So that's three tall persons. Yeah. Uh, Guinness spokesman anne Lee Rouse said in a statement, Rouse said in a statement, the reptile took top spot from an Australian crocodile that measured more than five meters and weighed nearly a ton. But this one weighs more than a ton. The crocodile was captured with steel cable traps during a three-week hunt after a child was killed in 2009 and a fisherman went missing. Water buffaloes have been attacked by crocodiles in the area. I, I'm adding this maybe Low long, like to feast on water buffaloes. And about 100 people led by Eldori Pulled the crocodile from the creek using a rope and then hoisted it by crane into a truck. It was named after the government environmental officer who died from a heart attack after traveling to Bungawang to capture the beast. Unrelated to Lolong. Eldori said the, he saw a bigger crocodile escape <laughs> when Lolong was captured. Jeez. And villagers remain wary fishing there at night. Oh, he said that he has formed a team of hunters and seeking government permission to hunt the crocodile. So one thing that strikes me immediately, Andy, in the story here, um, this crocodile is a known killer. Yeah. Usually they kill, don't they? Like if a bear kills a person or a cougar, at least in America, I guess that we like to kill things in America. Well, no, I I think that's probably common in other places. I know
1: like in India, if if a tiger, you know, is known to be a uh, kill people, they usually hunt it down and stuff, or at least they used to. Maybe I'm thinking of, you know, old stories, but... um. Uh, my guess is, is they they were thinking ahead and realized that having a live specimen uh, would probably be economically a boon to the i know I, you know and i mean yeah mm-hmm. i guess you could say that's cynical but i think it's actually pretty smart you know and, and and there were probably it sounds like there were some biologists involved in this thing and they probably want to study it you know yeah, it's a that.
0: world record. So, and and yeah. the mayor El yeah. said that there's other crocodiles, maybe even bigger. Yeah. <laughs> so they it's noteworthy. It's worthy of study. Now I'm
1: just getting that that cinematic. Can you okay? Can you imagine you live in this village, right? And you know they pulled this thing out of the water, and you ha- you're hearing people say, uh, "I saw a bigger one get away." <laughs> <laughs> Man, it would take a lot of like either liquid fortification or. <laughs> Or woof, just just to get out on that
0: water, that would be yeah. scary. And um you know, so a crocodile that big is really big. So if you're in a little oh, ten yeah, foot rowboat, yeah, it could jump up, knock you over, and you're your you're lunch. Yeah. That <laughs> was sad. They said it was a little child yeah. that got consumed by the, the crocodile. Yeah. So, um, and actually, I got—I hate to admit it—but uh, I thought crocodiles were just in Africa and Florida. Or, and I know there's a difference between crocodiles yeah. and alligators. Alligators, alligators are in Florida, right? Yes, correct. And crocodiles are in Africa and evidently also in the Philippines. I
1: believe. <laughs> and, and here's another thing where I may just be showing my horrible ignorance too, but I believe they are also in South America. Okay. Um, Through the crocodiles? Yeah.
0: So alligators are only in Florida? Possibly. Yes, yes. The gators? Okay. Yeah. But they're probably related. They're related. They they are related.
1: There's a difference between the snout. Mm -hmm. Like, they they have a different sort of
0: snout. We should have done our uh, reptilian research (gasps) before we started the podcast. I
1: I think if there's one theme that has been constant for Rain City Bunker, it's that... We discover in the middle of it that like, oh boy, I should have read this ahead of time or done more research. And we
0: do throw these shows together on a pretty hasty <laughs> basis. Um I'll send Andy an email, he'll send he collects stories and uh then we, we you know, like half an hour before the show we write what we're gonna cover and this a lot of this is by the seat of our pants, so <laughs> this <laughs> isn't a highly produced or researched <laughs> program. But it's fun and it's weird and unusual stories, and we've been doing it since oh uh, nine. So um Uh, Well, I guess
1: people going missing by crocodiles and maybe, you know, that goes dovetails (laughs) into this next thing. But there were it kind of struck me that there were two big uh, stories in the news that had, I guess you would say, smaller stories attached to them. And the two stories are um, the coach Sandusky. Mm-hmm. Um, you know who's uh, of you know, Pennsylvania
0: conv- State. Pennsylvania State uh, was, uh, a convicted abuser of children. He yeah, was convicted.
1: Con- convicted. So he's not alleged. So convicted. You know, horrible that you know horrible thing. And the other story, um, and you'll understand the, you know, there's not a connection between the two stories, but you'll understand the theme. Um, and then the Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes divorce that was recently uh, in the news. Um, and the the thing that these two stories have in common. Is that there's each a uh, tangentially connected person to each story that has gone missing, Mm -hmm. Um, and in the case of the in the Sandusky case, I I just found this really fascinating. Um, It was there was a uh, district attorney, and his name was Ray. I believe it's Gricar. Do you think that's a, a C, like Grisar? We always get these names that are, are not <laughs> clear with their pronunciations. I'm going to, it's G-R-I-C-A-R, if you want to look him up, and I'm going to pronounce it Gricar. Yeah, that's how I think. Um, District Attorney Ray Gricar never, and this is the article I'm reading from right now, which is from the Philadelphia NBC News affiliate, Um uh, and I'm I'm, gonna, I'm not going to read this all the way through because I you know I don't want to bore everybody, but I'm, I'll pick parts out um, and then some will be my commentary uh, from the article. It is strange that Cuyahoga D- County District Attorney Ray Gricar never prosecuted Jerry Sandusky uh, Sandusky on child child rape charges 13 years ago. Some speculate because Gricar wasn't known for being was known for being fiercely independent and hard on crime. But it is even stranger that we cannot ask Grecar why Sandusky was not put behind bars because the tough-as-nails district attorney disappeared in 2005. And though he was declared dead July of this year, and this is from uh, this Mm -hmm. year, his body has never been found. Um, Quote, people ask why Ray did not prosecute. And I have no problem problem saying because he clearly felt he didn't have a case for, quote, successful prosecution. Tony Gricar, Ray Gricar's nephew, told the Patriot News. One thing I can say is that Ray was beholden to no one, was not a politician. And I know that's a, that's been a big this is me talking now. Uh, I know that's been a big thing with the Sandusky trial, is since Penn State and their athletic program is so popular in that region. I think that's part of why this guy was able to victimize. For so long, the Sandusky guy Mm -hmm. was able to victimize for so long. Um, Now, what happened is, and back in 2005, uh, Gricar told, he disappeared on April 15th, 2005, after telling his girlfriend that he was going for a drive. His car was found um, in Lewisburg, in a Lewisburg parking lot, and his laptop, without the hard drive, was found in the Susquehanna River, according to the Patriot News. Um, Rekha friend, uh, Montour County District Attorney Robert Buhner Jr., told the New York Times that if the ardent district attorney had committed suicide, he would have wanted his body found. It's kind of an odd statement to made, you know, to make to a paper, it's, but yeah, who would know that? Um, but in the case of possible foul play, no suspects have emerged from the investigations. Um, uh, Yeah, and and you know they talk about the article goes on to talk about his friends who say, look, he if he thought there was enough to prosecute Sandusky, if he had enough evidence to successfully prosecute, he would have done it. He was that sort Mm -hmm. of guy. Um, So I know you know it's interesting. It's not in this uh, this this article, but one of the other things I read about this guy before he disappeared that he had apparently done. Searches on the internet on how to destroy hard drives mm-hmm. and how to get evidence. You know how to. De- so it, to me, this is really interesting, and in that they've declared him dead. I guess when you're missing for a certain amount of time, they just declare. Oh yeah, him dead. I was, was going to ask. But you about it, that. It, it seems like this was something this guy did, not something that was done to him. Like whether he killed himself and he just hasn't been found yet, or whether he disappeared. Uh, I think he. You know, he did it to himself. He either killed himself or he's he ran away. And that's and, what it looks like. Because
0: yeah. if he if he just said told his girlfriend, "I'm leaving," he's right. going on a ride. There's not going to be an assassin two miles down the road waiting for him because right, they don't right. know he's going to be there. Right. Right. If it's an assassin or some killer, yeah, they're going to go somewhere where they and, know you will be. Right. And, and I, so he might I, have gone to meet someone. Right. And I do think it's I do think it's odd that
1: you know they found his they found his computer and but no hard drive in it. And you know, it's thrown in the water or whatever. I, it, you know, it just sounds like somebody going through deliberate steps, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, it does. Um, and it doesn't sound like suicide steps. I mean, I suppose it could be, it yeah. sounds more like it is, I want to disappear sort of things, yeah, yeah. And you know, it, I mean, how often do you hear about somebody just going missing and then, now this guy's been gone seven years, um, or almost seven years, no nope, more than seven years, and and I mean, just how often do you do you hear about that? And them not being, offended? and how, and the guy was a district attorney. Yeah, you know,
0: huh? Did, so it sounds like someone had asked him about the Sandusky case before he disappeared. Well, he was investigating it. There was he there was, was investigating. He it.
1: was there. Uh, he there was some somebody had gone to him. I think that's also not really in. Um, uh, Uh, Oh, uh, well, here, right here, just further on in the article. And and despite the the fact that Ray Gricar had the mother of one of the alleged victims confront Sandusky while police listened, the 1998 report on Sandusky was labeled, quote, unfounded by the district attorney's office. Reports the Patriot News. So what I think happened, I think once again this was in another article that I read, is that he was approached by like the one of the, the mothers of one of the victims, mm-hmm. um, saying, you know, I think this guy has molested my kid, and he didn't, you know, he went through the procedure of trying to bring a case against him, but it just never went anywhere. Mm. So very odd.
0: So it's probably not possible that Sandusky had some goons go after. I don't him. think so. Because as evil and vile as the Sandusky thing was, yeah. Sandusky, in his testimony, I made it sound as though he didn't think it was wrong. So I mean, it's one thing to be attracted to children; it's an awful, terrible thing. Right. But it's a whole—it's a whole nother level of evil to uh, get your goons to kill someone. Right. right. But now, what I do and, find kind know, of—who knows? I mean, that's. Po- it's possible maybe someone said, hey, I have some information on the Sandusky thing. Meet me yeah. here. Yeah. I don't know if that really happens yeah. anymore. Yeah. He met him here, and he got wiped out, yeah, and they maybe. took the hard drive. And they or it could have been he, he was a
1: district it. attorney, it could have been a completely
0: unrelated case. Yeah. It's just it's gotten more attention. Right. So when you're a district attorney, there's a lot of bad guys typically don't like you because you've prosecuted dozens, if not hundreds, right. of cases. Right. And it's amazing, actually, to me that that stuff doesn't happen more often yeah. because it seems like the ire of the killer criminal yeah. guy can be focused at yeah. the prosecutor or the judge or even the jury. I mean that was when I was on the jury, I kind of in the back of my mind I wonder what if this guy remembers what I live? I mean this was be, that was yeah. before the internet. But yeah. and they don't I don't think they know your name. They don't tell you the the, they don't, but the you know, defendant your name, right? Well, and
1: and if
0: you convicted them it was 12 people on a jury. Yeah. So it's hard to kill 12 people yeah, from jail. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that'd be tough. But so do you think there's any relation to the Sandusky case? Do I think coincidence? that? Um, n- no.
1: That's that's where my that's where my kind of you know uh, sensible nature comes in. No. Now now ask me as like if I were writing some fictional story that was kind of based on this or yeah, something. Yeah, it would match um, pretty well. It, it would. And and the one thing I think that's kind of been uh, one of the scandals of this whole Sandusky thing. One of the many scandals of the Sandusky thing is how uh, it, it, how much he. And that you know, and the the athletics in at Penn State are intertwined with the community there.
0: Um, you know, because he had remember he had the he had the uh, what was the it? Like coach the coach was the famous coach Paterno. Paterno was famous, and that coach. was the coach, and Sandusky was one of the assistant coaches. He was one I of the think. assistant coaches, but
1: he had a part of the, some of the victims he found is because he also had been running, uh, like, you know, that, uh, uh, some sort of program or camp for disadvantaged kids. Mm-hmm. I, you know, yeah. and, and victimizers setting up the, the situation in which they can victimize. So, yeah. um, now on to the next one, next story. Kind I mean, another, of similar parallels. Yeah. Some parallel, a missing person or somebody who has not been heard from in a while. Now, I think most people know, you know, uh, that, uh, Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes are, we're married for about five years, and they—they're um, right. It was about five years, and they're getting a yeah, divorce. So. and that Tom Cruise, uh, to a greater or lesser degree, has been an a active member of the Church of Scientology, and um, uh, the Church of Scientology. For those people who don't know, was a church that was founded by uh, sci-fi writer L. Ron Hubbard in the 1950s, I believe, is when he started it. And he's also wrote the book, uh, Dianetics. Um, and he died back in like, I think 19, uh, 1986. And the guy who became kind of the leader of, uh, Scientology, uh, you know, and, and kind of a very, um, how would you put it? A very, uh. He edged out other people that that were should have should have been in
0: the Church of Scientology should have been leaders well I've recently watched the miniseries Rome it sounds yeah. like a similar to the Ascension to the uh, Roman em- Roman ah, when, emperorship when Caesar yeah they uh, they fought they played some games they oh, yeah. fought some wars everyone wanted to be Emperor
1: and then so the current leader of Scientology, his name is Dave, David Miskovich. and I believe we're, we're pronouncing that correctly we did some work on that earlier. <laughs> Um, now the person, uh, so David Miscavige, um, is a close friend of Tom Cruise, uh, and they're, they're known to talk quite a bit and so forth. And, um, you know, uh, ever since, well, I'll, I'll read it from the article cause it'll make sense. But the person that, um, is missing or is weirdly absent might be a better way to put it is David Miscavige's wife, Shelly. Um and the the article that I'm drawing most of this information from now how I found out is kind of interesting because I've always been kind of curious about Scientology not from a participatory standpoint
0: as a uh, but like as a as a, a scholarly a, endeavor yeah as, as <laughs> kind of
1: like as a modern cult I think I think it's kind of interesting um and I was at work and you know uh, we were, the group of us were talking about uh, you know Tom Cruise and. Katie Holmes and the Scientology thing came up. And then a the guy I worked with said, yeah, the the guy who's in charge of Scientology, his wife is missing. And I was like, what? I, I didn't, what? No, that sounds, really? And, and you know, I kind of filed it away. I thought maybe he misunderstood something or whatever. And then I dug it up. You know, I, I did a little internet research. And it turns out it's true, kind of. Ish. Um, true-ish. <laughs> um And what the the article that I'm pulling this information from is a uh, Village Voice article um, that's only a few days old, and it is written by Tony Ortega Thu, uh, is the guy... Wait, or is that July 3rd? Thir- <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man, time for the reading glasses. Yeah. Well,
1: no, they put no comma or any space or anything <laughs> in there. So his name is Tor- Tony Ortega. I was like, wow, that's an interesting, is he Vietnamese and Hispanic? Uh, that's kind of an interesting <laughs> name. And uh, as usual, I will post these, uh, yeah. these links. Uh, uh, and he, w- he wrote the article, because I guess he's a guy for the Village Voice. He's done some stories on the Scientology, and he was kind of, part of what this article was about is being like, okay, there was a Daily Mail, I think it was just a British mm-hmm. uh, article about this missing, and, and I'll just read his first line here. Um, excuse me, I will go back to the front page. Oh, of course, I'll have uh, to print it. But basically he was saying, um, like, okay, the Daily Mail has has put out the story about Miscavige's missing wife, but it's got a lot of faulty f- details in it, like inaccurate information. And he says, as a service, then, we'd like to correct the record that's been so mangled by the Daily Mail and lay out what we know and don't know about Miskovich's missing wife. Um, and this is from his article. Several websites are pointing out the irony that it was Shelley Miskovich who helped bring together Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes. Uh, during his marriage to Nicole Kidman, and this is what I talked about, this will explain it a little bit better. During his marriage to Nicole Kidman, Cruise had been almost entirely out of the church, something that was well covered up at the time. But the church had maintained tabs on him by spying on the Cruz household with its employees. Um, after Cruz and Kidman broke up, the church was taking no chances. Marty Rathbun, Scientology's second highest ranking official and a highly respected auditor. Now, for those people who don't know about Scientology, they have a procedure by which they, um, it's called auditing. And briefly, what it is is it's you they have something that's kind of a very simple um, like lie detector type device called a e meter. Um, and they have a person ask you questions and take readings off of. so it's basically they kind of gather information about you. and, and I suppose you could say it's kind of like a almost like a talk th- a version of talk therapy, their version of it, mm-hmm. right? Um, but you know, and it's kind of, it's, if you want to have a religious spin on of it, it's kind of similar to a confessional. Mm. You know, you, you, like you're, you're talking about you know, various things without getting in too much into their theology. Um, so this guy, Matt, Marty Rathbun, who is second, Scientology's second highest ranking official and, and, and an auditor, uh, was tasked with bringing Tom back into church involvement. And Shelley Miskovich was assigned the role of finding him a new wife who wouldn't try to pull him away from Scientology. Both seemed to do their jobs well. By 2006, Cruz was a gung-ho member of the church and had married Katie Holmes, who, at least nominally, agreed to become a church member herself. Uh, by 2006, however, Rathbun had, had, uh, was already gone, having defected in 2004 when uh, David Miskovich assigned him to, quote, The Hole, a crude office prison at Scientology's, Scientology's international base east of Los Angeles, where executives who had fallen out of favor were held against their will, sometimes for years at a stretch. After just a few days in the hole, Rathbun managed to get out and then absconded from the base. He never went back. And then he points out, Rathbun did not, as the Daily Mail suggested, testify in court conditions in the hole. Debbie Cook, another former executive, testified in a Texas court in February that she had been held in the hole and described it in shocking detail which is what the Daily Mail might be thinking of. So it sounded like they got a lot of the details wrong. Yeah. Um, so, as for Shelley, once again, the wife of the, the leader of Scientology. Or the person per, who's or missing president, Or the person who hasn't been present yes. in a while. Sometime around 2007, she suddenly vanished from Int Base. Now he explains what that is in a bit. Or international base—that's what it stands for. They have all these weird names in Scientology mm-hmm. and weird um, terms for things. So is in base just that East LA? Yeah, it is, and it's short for international yeah. base. Um, in both the Business Insider and the Daily Mail, there's a suggestion, suggestion that Shelley also found her way to the hole, but none of the ex Scientologists I have talked to, including John Brocio. Um, who was at the base until 2010 says they ever saw Shelley put there. Uh, if she had been in, in the hole, plenty of people at Int Base would have known it. Uh, the Daily Mail says that if Shelley isn't in the hole, quote, this is from the Daily Mail, some believe Shelley went into hiding after becoming disillusioned with the religion. Others say she died after a battle with cancer. And then the guy goes back to uh, his article. But none of my sources have ever suggested that Shelley ditched Scientology. And none of them has ever suggested that she died of cancer. Um, And then he says, what they may be confused with is another uh, Scientology member, uh, Ann Tidman, who died of cancer in a Hollywood apartment complex. Um, To Scientologists, this is Ann Tidman now. She was a famous figure, usually referred to as Annie Broker. Formerly, formerly the wife of Pat Broker, the Brokers. Now, now this is your Rome comparison. <laughs> the Brokers took care of Elron Hubbard at the end of his life and were his likely successors when he died in 1986. But Pat Broker was edged out for the church's leadership by young David Miscavige, and Anne spent the rest of her life at IntBase until she was moved to the Hollywood complex for her final days. She kept her illness a secret even from her own sisters, and they did not learn about her death until this past January. Um, so it sounds like basically this guy took control of Scientology, of Scientology. and then he banished, or, you know, at least this woman. They didn't really say what happened mm-hmm. to the husband, but they she, he banished this woman to, like, kind of... The hole. Or whole. at least,
0: maybe not the hole, but, but uh, confinement. Confinement, or... or Get out pre- of the public eye to prevent them from speaking ill, you think? Probably, yeah, of the power struggle that would be my guess. Yeah, this is a lot like <clears throat> the Roman Empire, yeah. And so, so he continues,
1: he's like, So they might have confused uh, this uh, Anne Tidman with Shelley Miskovich, but then he asks, So where is Shelley? The best information we have comes from John Brousseau, who escaped the int base in uh, 2010. Before he left, he said, He says that it was common knowledge at int base, which is near. Hemet, California, east of Los Angeles, that Shelley was being held at another base about 60 miles away, the headquarters, <laughs> the headquarters of the Church of Spiritual Technology, a complex in the mountains above above LA. Now I'll talk about them a little bit. I'll, I'll paraphrase what so the 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 uh, the um, what do you call it? The Church of Spiritual Technology, which is a part of Scientology, what they do is the Scientology does an interesting thing. This is me, Andy, talking now they copyright all of their materials so if you try to um publish them and stuff they'll they'll go after you for legal. copyright yeah. yeah legally uh and it's work kind of and so this organ this branch of the organization is the one that kind of controls you know uh this the, the legal aspects the legal of the, aspects the and that sort and of thing right uh a, and, and so, he, and this is the author now, once again. Yesterday, I, act, I asked Brassou, Brassou, Brass, I think you're doing good. Yeah, Brassou. Uh For more detail, how did it become common knowledge at IntBase that Shelley was at the CST headquarters? And he and the man told him, I was able to observe the mail that came from the base. Uh, it was sorted into a huge set of pigeonholes, he told me. Any mail that came for Shelley... I noticed that the officer for the RTC would stick it in the box that was picked up every day and taken to CST headquarters. So that's why that guy thought she was there. Yeah, because that's where the mail was going. Um and he said and you know the guy told him it seems pretty logical place for Miskovic to put her. Uh and the guy even says like okay, I know this alphabet soup can get tricky. But try to keep up so we can avoid more problems like the Daily Mail piece. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he just gives you some basics, um, like what I've just talked about, uh, and then he kind of talks about an interesting that they have places that they're under underground vaults. So there's another branch of, uh, uh, or, or actually, this Church of Spiritual Technology, the same people we talked about, also um, builds these bases. And furnishes, the, the under, these are underground vaults for storing the total life work of L. Ron Hubbard. The millions of words he wrote or spoke in lectures, etched on steel plates and stored in titanium containers so that his wisdom can survive a nuclear holocaust. I want, Greg, I want you to get on that right now with all the Rain City bunkers.
0: <laughs> well, Let etch our, it and steal in and enclose it in titanium. Our message must continue. <laughs> <laughs> um... So, uh, he, they have, anyway, I, I think we should do a whole podcast on Scientology sometime. Oh, boy. I don't yeah. know much about it, and I know you're fascinated by yeah. it, so I could do some research. Right. But this is pretty amazing, the things they do. Yeah, yeah. and he's,
1: so he goes on to say, you know, they have vaults in California, New Mexico, and a new one under construction in Wyoming. Um, and uh, Is there more about the missing? Yeah, Hawaii? he says it's there, the Brasseau and other ex-Scientologists tell us, that Shelly Miskovich, at least at one time, was being kept out of view. So basically in a vault. That's Or one of these areas where is they there have there anything vaults. more about her? Is that about her? Um,
0: yes. Sorry, I know this is right. kind of... Well, long. I mean, this is, like I say, we should do a whole thing. Yeah, I'm, talking, I'm almost...
1: But I kind of wonder, you know... We'll, we'll, well talk here, about I'm, the motivations I'm getting, and I'm stuff. Getting pretty, I'm getting pretty close to the end here. I don't know where she might be now. Broussau says <clears throat> there, are, there are lots of different properties where she could be. They have a lot of properties. Um, so he says uh, that... Um, sorry, skipped a little bit here. That the uh, the lawyer for or the spokesperson for Scientology. Here it is. He said um, in a statement to the Daily News, Scientology lawyer Gary Soder said, "Miskovich's ex. Oh, they're ex. That's interesting. He never says in the entire thing that they were ever divorced or anything. It says ex there. Yeah. Oh, wow. That Gary Soder said Miskovich's ex." quote is not missing the claim is utterly ridiculous and unfounded unquote no the, and then he says note the word missing no it's pretty plain that the cho- church knows exactly where she is <laughs> um so yeah I'm sorry that was really long but it, it's kind of complicated and uh, yeah. but what I think is is interesting is that um, nobody just nobody's heard from her in in many many years and that this organization is able to kind of uh, or yeah, this yeah. this
0: raises a lot of questions. Yeah, First yeah, of yeah. all, if my church threw me in a hole somewhere, <laughs> I would sue. Yeah. I would be angry. I would right. and people have a, they use the term escape. Right. So if I escaped from my church confining me, yeah, won't you be mad as a hornet? I yeah. mean I mean oh, yeah, there's maybe, a lot of people. unless it's a benign captivity of some well, sort. Um, but still, even if it's benign captivity, yeah. you're captive. <laughs>
1: Well, what they kind of do—I mean, from I've heard—you know—interviews with f- former Scientology members and stuff—and it's—it's a little trickier than that. It's not like they throw you in a cell. And They use a lot of, like, cults do—they use a lot of mind tricks, and, yeah, you know, and like community, and, community yeah, and like community they, community pressure. And they—they—they also do have kind of people when you leave. They have like people literally like follow you down, and when you leave the building or you leave the church, when you leave the church and and it's different. You resign resign and they keep
0: an eye on you to make sure you're not talking to the press or yeah,
1: there's things and they will do like, I know there's a guy who I think he wrote a, um, uh, a book called something like forever blown and, um, or something like that. It's similar to that because they have a code phrase when somebody like leaves the organization in you know, a way that they don't, well, I guess they don't approve anybody leaving, but they call it being blown, right? Yeah. And this guy, I think he 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 runs a website for former Scientology members and stuff like that, and um, or it might be somebody else that I'm thinking of, but these two guys are very similar. And this guy reported that basically Scientology guys they 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 basically engage in harassment. They find out what they can do right up to the point of being illegal, yeah. and then and then harass harass wow. you, yeah.
0: So I don't know all the hallmarks of a cult but having that kind of fanatical need for devotion yeah that's part of a cult yeah oh yeah yeah I don't well, know well is that the formal definition or that it seems to be there's, it's not part of the formal definition that's what they do
1: yeah there's a few there's a few things that are kind of hallmarks of cults and uh, this this you might find kind of interesting Greg is um, marketing people or you know uh, it's probably several years ago were like did research into cults because they want to you know one of the things is if can you have you know when they talk about like uh, you know
0: apple like a brand <laughs> having a cult. And Apple's probably the best example yeah, too.
1: They there's actually there's actually been research into people've actually researched like what makes cults what how can you get like a cult like following for your product and everything that kind of lo- And so so it has been studied and there are kind of uh, what would you say um hallmarks of being a cult and and, you know and it's it's stuff like it would none of it would surprise you but some of it is you know first you have to define an other you know that is the enemy and and um you know in the outside world or sometimes it's the entire outside world right um separating people from you know followers from their their family family and friends and and outside information being controlling the information that gets to them and you know um so, and I would say in many ways Scientology follows that. Uh, it, but you know they've had some big level uh, defections recently. Yeah. There was that um, screenwriter who uh, was a, Paul Haggis, mm-hmm. I believe is his name, and he publicly separated from the church uh, because of their the Sin- Church of Scientology in California. Supported the ban on gay marriage, which is Proposition Eight. Oh, okay. Right, and, and this guy didn't. Okay. And this guy didn't agree with it, and he felt that that finally he he'd been growing yeah. away, and he's like he he publicly came out and said, "I'm no longer a Scientologist." And, and there's
0: right. some prominent, isn't John Travolta a Scientologist? Um, I can name some people who were um, Tom Cruise, of course. Did uh, Kate? What's Katie, Katie Holmes? Did she actually convert? You know,
1: it's kind of unclear. I mean... It's an anomaly. So nominally. she joined the church, but maybe wasn't yeah. active. Yeah. So mm. here's here's some people who are... Here like because famous ca- people. Um, Will Smith has recently been... Really? Connected. Yeah. Oh, geez. Uh, I liked him. Jade like him. I don't know. <laughs> Jada Pinkett Smith, I believe, is awesome. Also. Okay. Um, uh, the woman who was in Cheers, not Shelley Long, the other one... Um, Rebecca? Yeah. She played Rebecca. What's her name? Oh! Um, I can't. My,
0: my 45-year-old um, brain fails me. Danny
1: uh, Beck, the musician. Oh, his, from the band Beck? No. Beck. His name is... Oh, no, okay. No. Um, his family are actually long... He's from a Scientology family. Mm-hmm. Um, D, uh, Danny uh, Masterson, the he was one of the cast members of... Um, that '70s show, the one with the curly hair. Oh, <laughs> and Laura Laura Pre- the, the Laura, big stoner guy. Yeah, the big stoner uh, Laura Prepon, uh, who was who played um, Donna in that, that '70s show. Oh, um, the woman who Nancy Cartwright, who does the voice for uh, Bart really? Simpson. Really? Oh um, wow! I did not. know Oh that. oh, and then the um, <laughs> and once again, not to not to go into uh, politics, but Greta Van Susteren. And her husband are also, her husband's a big time
0: Scientologist. Oh, I did not know yeah. that. Wow. Yeah. wow. Wow. Yeah. So. Uh, how, yeah. Do you know how many members worldwide? Uh, I don't. And, and they claim, they
1: routinely claim many, many more members than, than people. Sure. Than that, That's good marketing.
0: Yeah. Or not good marketing. It's marketing. Yeah. It makes it seem more acceptable. Yeah. So real quick before yeah. we, we're going to wrap it up here in a couple minutes. This woman evidently divorced from the leader. Yes. Do you think that might... I mean, this is all I guess, speculation you know, you at this know, that's, point. We that's don't what's know. so
1: weird is you go through this whole article that this guy wrote, and it's only at the end
0: that they say X. Okay. So do you think... But he, he, they mentioned that she was instrumental in bringing Katie Holmes and Tom Cruise together right. somehow. Yes. So that would put her in good graces with Scientology, right? Yeah, but maybe not her husband.
1: <laughs> oh. you know maybe they had some person and one of the things I've heard in these various you know so we'll just say allegedly but from people who have defected you know from Scientology and who've been uh, you know up the ranks is that this guy David Miscavige is very um, protect- protective of his position of power and very quick to
0: uh, Take pun- punish to those. Also fighters. like Roman emperors. Yeah. yeah, Some of the bad ones like uh, Caligula, Nero right. they would I mean yeah. just Or like any evil big, well, evil might be a strong word, but any leader of a big organization that has absolute power, like Stalin or Mao or whoever, yeah, Yeah. they don't like opposition, and they just wipe out the opposition. So it's probably a similar type of feeling there. I mean, he he probably has a lot of power running the church, a lot of respect from all these members, and if someone questions him, yeah, he doesn't want to be questioned. And yeah, so well, possibly
1: if he got divorced. divorce, well, let's, let's say this because Greg and I don't really have the money to afford lawyers and, <laughs> and I doubt we'll even be a blip on the radar, but allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Yes, uh, yes,
0: allegedly, uh, so, but that is interesting. Yeah. That's since 07, that's five years since yeah. uh, she's been seen publicly. Yeah. So well, we can issue a challenge to the church to have her uh, release a statement or appear on TV or radio. Well, you know, (laughs) she could come visit us on (laughs) Rancid.
1: And it is one of the things that they're saying is there's now because of this Tom Cruise, Katie Holmes thing, there's been you know just you know people run to the Google and type in Scientology. You know, there's a big spike on uh,
0: Scientology Google's
1: right. So there's more attention being placed on... just by virtue of the fact that they're Scientologists. Yeah, getting a divorce. yeah, Yeah, and they're high high profile. Well, and there there was a rumor that. was (laughs) and that was out i did a little research on this too there was a rumor when katie holmes and tom cruise got married that he he was on the hunt for somebody to marry there's been persistent and you know this i want to be very careful about not like any of these people will hear but there's been persistent rumors for years that that tom cruise is gay and, and South Park did a famous
0: episode yes, of they did in the yeah. Closet with, yeah. featuring Tom Cruise. And I'm not
1: going to speak to the validity of those because, you know, I don't. You, I have no you idea. You have no personal connections. I, to, I don't. To um, but sources. Right. But, you, you know, you never know how these things can come back at you. But, um, but there were rumors back when he and Katie Holmes were married that he was on the hunt for a, an actress to marry to, you know, give him legitimacy and that the Church of Scientology was helping him do that. And the, and there were rumors that she had signed a five year five year and, and, and they're not saying this now. Now you have to understand this rumor was out when they got married. Mm-hmm. Like Katie Holmes has signed a five year agreement to be married to Tom Cruise. <laughs> and and five years up and she's running for the border. Yeah. yeah. If that's true, allegedly. That's, allegedly. <laughs> okay. But
0: interesting. You know? Okay, anyway, that was Really interesting. Maybe we should do like a special cult. We we could do. Them. Yeah, we could do that. But um, there's more with Scientology. It's very. Fascinating. Oh yeah, I know. There's a lot of it. Yeah. I don't know. And South Park conveniently did a episode about yeah. Scientology, I believe, too. Right? Yeah, general? they did. Yes. Yeah. So. Oh, it, that caused
1: that you were wondering who's famous? Um, the guy who uh, voiced Chef, uh, the character on there, uh, Isaac Hayes. Yeah, he was. A Scientologist. He he was a Scientologist, and he in fact, I think, under pressure from the church, probably. He he quit uh, South Park shortly after they did their Scientology. And then he episode. died not too long after And he that. died not too long after that's that. That's just a coincidence. That's a coincidence. Probably. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, A, hey, we've been talking for about an hour. Hopefully, uh, the folks out there listening have stuck with us. So that was episode 16 of Rain City Bunker. We're posting on raincitybunker.com and a lot of talk.com. And anything else? No, I think that's good. Okay, that's it for now. Thanks for listening. Talk to you later.